Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 214, episode 3 of Dirt Daily Zeitgeist, a production <sighs> of iHeartRadio. And this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It is Wednesday, December 8th, 2021, which of course means that it's pretend to be a time traveler day. Fun for some, even... <laughs> boring for other, boring for us because we are time traveling every day, you know? Yeah, I don't know if it's about, I think it's a Doctor Who reference, but also like it's to celebrate all time travel content. Pretending to be a time traveler is like also just being like super fucked up and yeah. confusing somebody by insisting it's a different time. But I don't know. Go out there and pretend to be a time traveler, folks. Hop out your TARDIS. Yeah. We pretend to be a time traveler every day mm -hmm. by pretending we're in the future while actually coming to you from the past. Think about that. So, yeah, try and think about that. Yeah. Without your fucking head exploding. <laughs> My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Simply Catching the Omicron Strain this time. That's Kirstie, <laughs> Kirstie Yama Candy Cane. He, he's nothing if not a wordsmith. Usually Yamaguchi, man, but for the holidays. Christy Yama Candy Cane. And I'm thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. One, this is a dream come true. Two, COVID should now be through. Three, girls explain to see that this is looking endemic to me. And four, repeat shots one through three. Five. You think you'll get the fifth for free. And if you ever believe COVID is done, then it'll start back at one. Shout out to Lockeroni for that wonderful Brian McKnight-inspired AKA. You probably picked up that I did learn how to play anytime on the piano. And that is how we got that. But anyway, shout out to you. Uh, were you playing the piano that time? No, but yeah. we were talking about like, I think when Sara was on playing piano and how I really only learned to play two, because she was trying to play the succession oh, right, theme, right, remember? Right. And I said yeah, the only yeah. songs I try to remember to, or learn how to play, yeah. everything in its right place and Anytime by Brian There McKay. it is. Well, we are thrilled to be joined in our third seat by one of the very faces on Mount Zeitmore. Mm -hmm. He's a hilarious stand-up comedian, actor, and musician with a seven... A 7.6 rated album on Pitchfork? To his uh, sure. 7.4, but yeah. I nah, like 7.6. <laughs> that, that was the last thing cut from their revisions yeah. list where they were like, do people need us to revise this 7.4 up yeah, to a 7.6? 7. Yeah, they do that. They secretly change their ratings if they if like yeah. some hip album like, yeah, they yeah. Messed, messed up. Yeah, yeah. So they're going to fix mine, I'm sure. To like They did. Yeah. 7.6. Oh, they already them. did? Hell yeah. 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 They let us know. <laughs> Gave us Finally, the, uh, now I'm going to get into, now I can go backstage at Zebulon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can listen to his podcast, Cold Brew Got Me Like, or stream it on Twitch. His new book, The Advice King Anthology, is available for pre-order. Uh, hold on to your butts, because the yep. poetry window is open. It's Chris <laughs> motherfucking Crofton! <laughs> Holy shit. What's up? Wow. Chris. Man, oh man. Man, oh man. Boy, oh boy. I'm just sitting in uh, Monrovia. I've been, uh, yeah, I've been writing so many poems that I just was trying to find a tweet that I liked, you know, for that segment of the show. Mm -hmm. Segment and at the I end. just can't find anything except for fucking poems. I'm hey, a goddamn okay. machine. And um, yeah, I got this book coming out on Vanderbilt University Press. Oh, that's right, Vanderbilt okay. University, the yeah, one so, that's uh, the Anderson one. Cooper? 
in America, the one that's spelled right. <laughs> People are like, Vanderbilt where? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, no, the real one. They're like, yeah, sure. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. So that's coming out in April, but you can pre-order it now. And that's my main, that's what I've just been like. I've been so excited about that. That's, I mean, it's yeah, just so exciting. fun to announce a book. I mean, 100%. I don't even, it's such a, I mean, I don't really know what it means, but man, oh man, people seem to be impressed. Uh, Author, yeah. academic. <laughs> yeah, people really, it's really great. I'll talk about it because it's one of my like overrated, underrated things. But, <laughs> Is your upcoming book? Yeah. Oh, I mean, no, no, just like the experience of telling people you have a book coming out, yeah, man. Right. I mean, it is. Nothing beats rich. it. Oh, yeah. It, it opens is, doors. It is very rich experience. <laughs> have you tried that like at a restaurant yet? People, like, I'm, I'm going to talk to you. People get very pale. <laughs> the blood drains from everybody's face. Excuse me. What? So I'm working on my book. And, because uh, everybody wants to put a book out. Everybody. Yeah. Even yeah. people who are just like stockbrokers who don't know anything. Or like, I thought I might have a book in me. You know, it's like the American right. myth that you have a book, <laughs> you in, a book you. in you. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, you got a book in you till you say to some, like, but person. I mean, no but you, I, I feel like of all the people uh, that have been on this show, without even second thought, I'd be like, yeah, Chris has a few books in him. Yeah. That I think he can get out. Yeah, but, oh, man, anyway, I'll talk about it. Yeah, so yeah. I've been having a good time. I've been um, promoting the book and announcing it. Re- it just recently got announced because they were fixing their website. And, uh. That's it. I don't know. I'm sitting yeah. in my fucking garage. There I'm you sitting go. in my landlord's up. garage, even better. Hey. With my friends, the BMX bikes of his children. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't touch because I don't want to get them mad. Oh, no. I'm careful in here. I tiptoe yeah. around this property <laughs> the way of the way a 50, the way a 52 yeah. year old tenant should. Because he doesn't even know you're in there. Yeah. Hey, Chris, I saw a little dirt, a <laughs> uh, little mud on the mud guard on the rear tire mm-hmm. of the BMX bike. You weren't. You were riding it, were you? Because I oh, told no. you to not I don't even ride know how to kids. ride a bike, sir. Okay, okay. It's just weird because it's, I know we we just hose the bikes down. I just noticed some money, but oh, I sir. trust you. Sir, well, I, I never have ridden a bike. Okay. I don't know. I, don't know. <laughs> I would never, I know you're ma- being I would never mount in. a bike. I would never be so bold as to mount a bike, sir. Certainly not your children's <laughs> bikes. I don't know why I think I have to be in 19th century England. I mean, landlord. They're, they're a lord. Yeah. You should yeah, treat them true. with yes. sir. I wash the horses. Right. Oh, okay. Well, then. I don't have any horses. What the fuck did I wash? That's that old. That's, that's Crofton, old. the blacksmith, said he saw you riding our horse through town last <laughs> week. He is a liar. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly, that, I don't have to tell you what happens when you cur. are insubordinate. That lying blacksmith never trust a smithy. That's true. <laughs> I mean, that's just good advice. They're even they're even bigger liars than barrel makers. Oh, oh. <laughs> Coopers. That's oh, what they're called. Right, Coopers. Coopers. Exactly. One of the few things I remember from like my whole education is that barrel makers are called Coopers. I love the American education system teaches you like <laughs> drills into your head that a person who makes a barrel is a Cooper. Who the fuck right. needs to know that ever? Not right. even once do you ever need to know that. Turns out you I did. Mean, to I need to know listeners. that, and I need yeah. to know Nina Pinta and Santa Maria. That's there right. There it is. The fucking names of Columbus's ships, which means that basically when we were growing up, it's like memorizing the names of Hitler's dogs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Christopher <laughs> Columbus's ships. Oh, yeah. That's, I mean, oh, why yeah. did we need to learn that? Some creep. Yeah. 100%. Mm. Some creep. And that's what I know. That's what I know. I don't know anything else. I couldn't do a algebra thing. If you yeah. ask me, you know, if you put a gun to my head, yeah. but I can tell you all about the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria, and the goddamn Cooper. 
Yeah. <laughs> Only I could remember when he sailed the ocean blue, unfortunately. That's, yeah. uh... I bet if you asked Madison Cawthorn, you snuck up <laughs> behind Madison Cawthorn and you were like, what's in it? <laughs> like, you would be so psyched. Like, or a pretend interview. Yeah. yeah. The other thing we just want to close this up with, uh, do you know how what the name of, I've been just trying to figure this out, the name of someone who makes a barrel? It's a Cooper. <laughs> Cooper. It's a Cooper. <laughs> and what would you call uh, in, That was a uh, fake question, asshole. During the antebellum period, the person who would be in the fields with the slaves to make sure that they were working efficiently, do you know what that work was called? I don't know. Mm, hmm. I don't know. It's overseer. I yeah, never heard yeah. of that word. He's never, never heard, heard of that. Of that. Never heard I know of that. what a Cooper never. is, though. <laughs> We're taught bygone jobs rather than history. So I just am mad at his parents. Anybody who names their kid Madison Cawthorn is looking for trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Or Madison like, Cawthorn. I think they thought that he would grow up to be like a like an American girl doll with a name like that. <laughs> it feels like very like this is Madison Cawthorn. Yeah, yeah. Just name him Insurrection. There you go, Madison Cawthorn. I mean, that yeah. should that name drips with Privilege. white white myths. Yes. <laughs> All right, Chris, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, a uh, couple of things we're talking about today. We're talking about critical energy theory. Introducing Uh-oh. some new bullshit that the Koch brothers cooked up. One Koch brother, the other one died. We're going to talk about regressing, a, a new toy for adults that will have you regressing and wearing diapers in no time. We're going to talk about some new celebrity-focused fast food crazes. Uh, all of that, plenty more. But first, Chris Croft, and we like to ask our guests... What is something from your search history? <laughs> well, besides a ma- abandoned mine exploration, mm. which is like my main, I mean, honestly, is like become a problem. Yeah, you've been on that pretty consistently. Yeah, and I've never been in a mine. Yeah. But I, I mean, man, why I would you to... ever go into a mine? They're so dangerous and people are doing it on YouTube for you. They're loaded yeah. with false floors. <laughs> That's all they talk about. Would you go to an abandoned mine if we took you to one? Fuck yes, I would. And I would go in underprepared. Right. I'd go in with like no my cell phone gear. light. I'd go in with like right. my cell phone light. Be like ten percent battery left on your cell phone light. <laughs> yeah, you got flip flops yeah. on. They're yes. like, dude, you might wear a covered toe at least. Oh my god, I would totally go. You know, but I won't go because you have to like, you know, trespass. You have to like go do it. And it's, I mean, right, I'm not right. really. If someone took me there and like a. It'd be one of those things where I'd have to, like, join a tour, you know. Like right. Zyke Gang, if you know any abandoned mines that are safe, please hit us up. We'd love to make a, a tour happen for Chris Crofton. Uh, I just want to talk about the stuff, you know, like gobbing. Gobbing is when they store the rocks in the wall and, like, what the, the big hollow part where they already pulled all the ore out is called a stope. And, I mean, I have all these meaning. Wow. I, I know everything. Winds and drifts and... I mean, Wait. I know every word, and the people in the videos, that's all they do, too. I mean, they think they're hot shit. Right. <laughs> and then you catch up, you're like, that's just a word for where they got the ore Yeah, out. they're not right. fucking miners, but they love fucking saying, like, like beating each other to saying, that's gobbing, that's gobbing. Right. You may think you're a hot shot, abandoned mine explorer <laughs> YouTube star, but right. you ain't shit in my book, okay? But seriously, as far like, as I'm concerned, that's they, blackface in that can, you put you smudge your face with coal to look like a coal miner <laughs> and trying to act like you know about the mine. Wait, so what do they do with the rocks that they got while hollowing out the part that they stick the rocks in? I'm I'm very confused by the physics. They take the that. rocks that they've taken out of the stope, which is the part where they pulled the ore out of. Right. Which uh, you know, people enjoy saying that because they say stope 
That's one of the yeah, main Yeah, those things. are great it's, words. These are awesome stove. words. Gobbing yeah. stove and top stuffing, stove. one of my favorites. They, yeah. They, yeah, winds. Stope they talk about stuffing. false floors. False floors they talk about a lot. Um, that's just like a hazard. They're like, that's a false floor right there. And are those specifically designed that way? Like by just mischievous uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. miners <laughs> like, with murder on their mind? Like wizards? Uh, who's Like cave? Donkey Kong or something? No, I don't <laughs> right. think so. Uh, it was because uh, these mines were done before. These are like mostly like turn of the century, like 1900. Yeah. They they didn't know about Donkey Kong. Yeah. But they probably did some. They probably rolled barrels at each other and had to jump over. I mean, it was boring as fuck down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, All they did was smoke Prince Albert. I mean, that's all there is in there is like Prince Albert cans. And anyway, uh, they they uh, take to, they take the rocks out of the stope and then they put them behind. Sometimes they put them behind some timbers, like in the wall. Like yeah. they basically. Okay. So it's just like closer, a closer place to put the rocks. Yes. Basically, they're just it. like trying to like figure out how to not take it to the surface. Yeah. yeah so they yeah, like yeah. to put it behind wall, but they some they put it behind some timbers. That's called gobbing. Right. And then if they put it in the, like a, in a tunnel, they already went down. Then they they call that backfilling, and uh-huh, they like okay. to speculate whether it's a collapse or backfill. They're always like, "Is that a collapse or is that backfill?" And they like, oh, and if you, you have like know. a mini argument, you know. So and this it's also is the same. With, by the way, this is not your search history. This is just no, a, no. This is just of this. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this. Welcome is for first time listeners to a first dropped in episode. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm all right. I'll get all right back to the subject at hand. Even though uh, the subject at hand for me is always abandoned mine exploration. 100%. And uh, I guess I would say, I, since I have this podcast called Cold Brew Got Me Like that you can listen to on all the platforms, Ka-ching. Ka-ching. I, I've been looking for videos, you know, that are, or, or stories that I've, when I was younger, I read this story about this guy who ordered food from a UFO. And I've, I've always been looking for that story. It's like mm. a guy, it's a chicken farmer from 1961 who said he saw a craft that had men with turtlenecks with uh-huh. Italian accents in it. And sense. he yeah. and he and they offered him food and he said yes. And and then he he actually has one of the pancakes. Like he kept one of them. Huh. Like and he took them to a lab and they said that like they just tested this is it. Quick. <laughs> yeah, they tested it in like nineteen sixty one. So I doubt they probably just like put their tongue on it, you know, right, back then. Right. And they were like they said it was mostly made of grease. Which huh. I also don't even think is a scientific term. <laughs> Right. Wait, like, so this is a nonfiction story? This yes, is, this is yeah. supposed to be a nonfiction story. And I just like, on the last podcast, we talked about this, but it's something I've been looking for because I, I couldn't find it. I think when I was younger, I bought this Reader's Digest. I think it's called Strange Mysteries book. It's like a hard hardcover book. Like anybody who grew up in the 80s or 70s, late 80s, I'd say, knows when they did those like uh, Time Life series. like mm-hmm. like. Yeah. World of Strange Monsters. Get a volume every like one month you get Bigfoot. Next month you get Yeti. I mean, this is right. old golden age. Yes. And um, you know, they chopped up the book into like 20 volumes, but this was like before Reader's Digest figured that out. So they put out one hardcover book with all the strange mysteries of the whole world. And it's really pretty exhaustive. <laughs> it's like wow. and is and one of the stories was this guy who ordered food from a UFO. And I just thought. I just, I just, it blew me away because I mean, if this, first of all, if you saw a UFO, would you be hungry anymore? Yeah. Even if you were right. hungry before? <laughs> I mean, maybe and the then, UFO picked him out as somebody, they were just like, that guy, based on our uh, amazing futuristic technology, 
that guy could use a fucking pancake. There's Let's so many good right. parts about this story because he's from Kansas, so he said Italian accents. Which <laughs> yeah. did, what does that mean to him? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what he calls an alien accent. He sounded like he's my like, buddy Terry Facinelli. He's like, I, there was a UFO with Italians in it. You know, right. and it's like, yeah. he just means aliens. Yeah. Right. People <laughs> they with were dark short hair. Italians. They had huge yeah. heads and they were green. You know, like typical Italians. Right. And then I just think the idea that somehow you have the presence of mind during UFO sighting to agree to eat some food. He also said he got them some water and he said they were wearing turtlenecks. And I just like the idea of like, what did this drunk chicken farmer actually right. see? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I think he wandered into like back in the area of a bowling alley where they set the pins. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and ate like a thing of uh yeah hair and he grease, met some like, like some like yeah he met a couple of italians who were, who were like wearing turtlenecks yeah and they just like he gave him some french fries and told him to go home right. uh and he kept one of them in his pocket and took it to a lab there you go it, it was a frittata they're like i'll have some of that pancake <laughs> yeah yeah he's like yeah, it was like, like a mexican food truck it was like right. something like that it was like yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> italians wearing turtlenecks <laughs> i like if it were aliens though who are like yo check this guy let's see if we can get him to eat our shit oh, <laughs> pancake <laughs> and just like yes idiot all right want to pro- probe him no it's boring let's try yeah. and give him some pancakes call, yeah. call it a pancake oh dude he ate it later <laughs> uh, idiot that was mostly grease yeah <laughs> <laughs> the lowest stakes alien encounter. anyway i just love it i just i've always wanted to know what that guy really saw right. because if yeah. you're a chicken farmer in 1961 you are drunk oh yeah and yeah. is there and, is that has that myth like extended like is does he have extended fan like is has that can we find someone now who's like i spoke to him I would like to have a podcast where I, I would like to have a podcast on iHeart Radio where I could do that very thing with Just a team. Go find, yeah, and I've pitched it to you guys over and over again. <laughs> find the fucking chicken well, farmer. Well, it's going to be called. Before you just said on the hunt for Italians, and I was like, "What is this, <laughs> Chris? <laughs> Turn of the century uh, xenophobia? Yeah. I never said that. <laughs> yeah, it was something about uh, payback for Columbus. I want to call the podcast Italians and Turtlenecks, but wait, yeah. there's more. <laughs> but wait, there's more. It's aliens serving pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> no, what do you mean this isn't a money? I, what are you talking about? You can't monetize. There's this. no market out of your mind. Give me All one right. episode. I'll show you. Give me the president. Give me the. He'll fucking understand. He'll he'll get it. Yeah, Joe Biden will get it. What's uh? What's something you think is overrated? Overrated. I put Hinge and the Beatles. Hinge and the Beatles. The dating app and yeah, so the documentary. Yeah, it's just a couple. It's like what you guys want to talk about. Like, I don't know if anyone else has talked about how annoying it is that everybody's gone crazy for the Beatles for the nine millionth time. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, I'm fine with the Beatles. They're fine. I used to like them. But, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. for goodness sake, stop selling me footage of your childhood, you boomer piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> selling me footage of your childhood. Have you heard about this guy, Paul McCartney, though? I mean. Oh, yeah. We need to hear dude, about he him again. Hot, huh? I know more about Paul McCartney than I know about myself. I keep, right, right, right. <laughs> I keep Thanks hearing people be like about that documentary, be like, and you just watch him and he comes up with like, let it be on the spot or he comes up with, I, I guess the get back one is a little bit more accurate, but like, let it be. He like clearly came in. He like wrote that song the night before. And then like through the magic of editing, he's suddenly playing it. People are like, that's fucking amazing. He just like wrote that right there. Yeah. Like I mean, that. it's like, you know, and the fact that he first called the uh, 
yesterday's scrambled eggs and stuff. I mean, if you've ever, you know, scrambled eggs, like people are like, imagine the world if it was called scrambled eggs. Like that would have changed the whole world. Like anybody anywhere besides like, I don't know, one million sixty nine year olds give a shit about that stuff. Right. But, you know, but they just happen to run every TV station. Yeah. But, you know, it just makes me mad. It's just like, fuck you, man. I, you know, the public enemy was my Beatles. And yeah. how come you didn't do a nine-hour documentary about making the making of, like, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back? I want to yeah. see that shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think but, you the closest know, there's we not got a was Flavor team. of Love. What? I think the closest we got was Flavor of Love on VH1, unfortunately. <laughs> right. That's how seriously they take <laughs> Many hours, though. <laughs> the, yes. the studio. And, and yes. And no one, even, no one even treated that seriously. Right. Yeah. No. No, they didn't. No and one even treated that serious documentary, Flavor of Love. No. Well, and we never... saw Buck Wild. She, right. was, yeah. she was adopting yeah. uh, some ebonic accent, affect yeah. there, and we said nothing. And that's yeah. why we got January no, 6th. It's, it's it was true right there. white supremacy shit. They get a, tw- I mean, this is really true, and I don't want to bring it to white supremacy, but it is one of my fucking being mad at white people is, you know, this is the time. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, of course the Beatles had 25 cameras shooting them. You know, how many people, how many people right. are shooting Public Enemy? You know, nobody. Right. right. Because these guys were already, you know, they were already the darlings. Right. And they already had 25 cameras on them and, and people are already kissing their ass for uh, whatever. It's, it's just, a, it's just a thing where it's like, there's no making of, I mean, it's, it's no, no, it's no surprise that they had 25 cameras make uh, during the making of their album and that there's no record of straight out of Compton being made. Right. Yeah. Because they didn't have a nine camera crew of British guys being like, would you like some tea while you write your genius <laughs> shit? Right. Right. Oh, Paul first said, you wouldn't believe it. First, Paul said, scrambled eggs instead of let it be. (laughs) 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 He's a genius. Oh, my goodness. What would we do without that soft rock song? Right. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so that's one thing. And then Hinge is me just being on Hinge, which has been like, first of all, I thought that like, I was like, listen, I'm a loner, tired of being a loner. I think I'd like to get a girlfriend. And I thought it would take like one day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. How'd that go? Oh my God, it is the loneliest place. I feel so bad for everybody on there, including me. <laughs> Even the people you're like matching with. Oh you're like, my God, it's oh, just so a parade sorry for you. of the lonely. What? It just <laughs> underscores how alone we all are and how we will die alone. It should be called Die Alone. <laughs> or like Escape or like, from Die Alone. It's seriously, it's seriously like it's just everybody just wants to do the same thing. So then it becomes because they've all been influenced by magazines and they're all like i want to taste wine and stand next to a boat and (laughs) and so that's what everybody wants so then it just becomes who's hotter because i mean if you all have the same interests, it's just a sweepstakes for who's hotter yeah right it's like every single person's trying to be beyonce or fucking daniel craig or whoever i'm not not looking at men but i mean like they come on there actually that vibe that just like people impersonating celebrities, you know, except then it just becomes who's hotter, which one looks actually more like Jennifer Aniston or who looks more like, I don't even know any celebrities. It's okay. See Daniel <laughs> Enrique Craig Iglesias. Yeah. Yeah. There yeah. Is. Enrique. Yeah. It's all like who looks like Sarah Michelle Geller and who looks like Enrique Iglesias. Exactly. Yes. We're in 1998. <laughs> I'm always yeah. in 1998. 1998 hey, represent. You. Do you have... But you you don't have like your a profile like kind of set like aggressively honest where so if someone sees you they know they're not getting wine tasting by a boat with this yes. profile. 
But I think Hinge is the wrong place for that because Hinge mm-hmm. seems to be, at least in my age group, which is 90 to 140, mm-hmm. they are <laughs> they are people who have retired from life and they oh, do not right. want to go to record stores like I do. Right, yeah. right, right. You know, you're not going to yeah. find anybody on Hinge who's 52 years old who wants to go to thrift stores. Mm. And that's what I'm marketing on there. And they're yeah. like, oh, cool. I mean, my profiles will just say poor. Right. Right. You know, Poor. on every category. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody because, done like the just like hanging out dating app that's like for just people to like hang with without the dating side of it? It feels like church? that would be. Yeah, yeah. I guess church What's that is called? That. church. Yeah. Is there I don't such know if a you thing? Get, you mean, oh, you mean yeah. like Platano or something? They can call it like. Yeah. Platano. Hey. Pluto. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds like something you couldn't get like trash men to be honest about that they were entering something platonically yeah. no you and know, they would like, use it they would sneak and that would be a nightmare yeah, they'd like be like yeah actually like in. i'm really feeling you like maybe this could be a day like oh fuck yeah yeah just yeah, wanted yeah. to yeah, I'm so glad. by this boat yeah, yeah i'm so excited to get you to get to know you and show you my dick pics yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> that's yeah. the first message right you're on platano <laughs> yeah <laughs> you're on platano fred no D picks on Platano. Jesus we all know that. Christ, men are trash. Yeah, they'll even. Uh, so yeah, I don't know that that, that I, I I think I'm on the wrong one. I do think uh, I think Hinge is like at least it hasn't. I went on one date and it was okay, but the woman talked about astrology to the point where it was like way, way, way too much. Like even if you like astrology, you can't talk about it that long on the first date. Right, right. the whole time. I yeah. glazed over. She was talking about planets rising and all kinds of shit. And I seriously forgot I was even anywhere. I was like, was, I, I fell asleep with my like, eyes open. Right. You astrally projected somewhere else. <laughs> yes, and I was trying to be polite. So I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. I think also, like, yeah, it's crazy, the universe and everything. But, um, you know, I really like you being interested and engaging. <laughs> she was quite Looking nice. Around. Actually, I didn't have a bad time, but there was right, zero right. chemistry. And that's what right. you look at at this thing. It's like it's like really it's everybody's looking for a person that's imaginary, which is just this hot traveling wine tasting <laughs> boat you know it's yeah. like this captain <laughs> yeah like it's kind of like a joke you know it's like i right, mean yeah, everybody yeah. and that's what makes it sad because everybody's looking for somebody that they can't get and i tried to be like honest but i mean then it's like i mean i just put some stuff like uh you know getting to know you or you know you, you might like me if you like jonathan richmond i put mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and that's okay, like yeah, for that app there's like what the they don't know who that is right, right. <laughs> i mean not a chance and once You're they found out they'd though. be like oh that guy's poor <laughs> I mean, that guy, like that guy, Jonathan Richmond's poor by extension. That means, I mean, I feel like I'm hung up on money, obviously. I'm, but yeah, I'm it, not like, I don't feel like I'm doomed, but I just, I think maybe uh, hinge is not my, my, my place. Yeah. You need to be on Raya, Chris. It sounds like you need to be on Raya. Raya. That's what I want to meet. I want to yeah. meet people who are such pieces of shit. <laughs> they need their own, they need their own. But like, they fuck, have fuck to pond. date other pieces of right. shit in a special zone. It is really interesting that like everybody's doing the same shit that like it's like it's the ultimate like kind of late stage capitalism where it's like turned people into products that are all chasing the same trends. Yes. We're going to talk later about how Tim Hortons is now chasing the celebrity celebrity food trends. Yeah. It's kind of sad for real. But then again, it's like I feel like eventually that's a big, big topic. But I think that. It is depressing to see when it used to be like if you went to a certain region of the country, they all dress differently. Like if you went to like Seattle. Yeah. It was right. like, 
people like uh, there actually was like a oh people here wear flannel shirts and then you go to Texas and they wear some stupid kind of sneakers they like or whatever and they're <laughs> really popular there. And then you go to like Florida and they got a different stupid thing they're into, but there really was regional shit. Now it's yeah. just like people Everybody. can look at Instagram for 10 minutes and find out what they're supposed to wear. And then it's just really hard right. to figure out who's nice and who's not because they all look yeah, like generic monsters. <laughs> anyway. Anyways, let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and talk about what you think is underrated. And we're back. And Chris, we do like to ask our guests, what's something you think is underrated? Okay, I'm going to tell you the. this is one I really am enjoying. I'm I'm so stupid. This is one I'm really enjoying. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I've said nothing yet. The (laughs) underrated thing is telling people that you have a book (laughs) coming out. Not just like the first question they have is like, oh, self-published? No, right. as a matter of oh, fact. On Amazon? That's, that's oh, neat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you're yeah. just like, we're probably stapling them together? <laughs> no. Right. You need help oh, going How many to staples does that take? <laughs> I mean, seriously, people have right. no problem like saying that right to your face. Oh, self-published? Right. What? Right. Yeah. You know, I didn't you. finish telling you. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking aggressive motherfucker. <laughs> no, it's not self-published. Right. Which there's nothing wrong it's with that. It's but... published by Vanderbilt University. Yeah. Oh, and ever, they're like, ever heard of it? I mean, it because Vanderbilt University is actually valued more by fucking assholes <laughs> than anybody. Right. Like, like the most superficial white stockbroker, whatever. Right. The most like empty white person on the planet. Like your CEO even will be like, oh, Vanderbilt University is a great oh. school. That's one of the things. It's one of the five things you press a rich person's chest buttons. One of them will say, Vanderbilt <laughs> University is a good school. Oh, Vandy? Yeah. Oh, Vandy, yeah, yeah. Vandy, oh, I used man, to date they're... a girl from Vandy. Yeah. 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 Or I went to Vandy. Right. Yeah, or and I got I'm a, a Vanderbilt. In, I got a BA in money shuffling or whatever they do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I got a BA in paper pushing and being miserable. What was the, but what was the road to this book, though? You know, like. Did, My whole you... life. I know, but how how did it come about? Like you had it, and you said, "Hey, you were knocking Vanderbilt. Let me in." No, I got like, yeah. I've, been, I've been rattling their cage for years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just screaming outside. I saw that image of like Jerry Lee Lewis at the you know Jerry Lee Lewis went to Elvis's gate with the gun. <laughs> that's, that's what I just pictured myself like with a cold brew instead. And your stapled man. Yeah, just like pulling on the gate. Vanderbilt, I'm coming for you. You gotta read my. Uh, so uh, uh, anyway, no, I the, the good thing about Na- the good thing about Nashville back in the day, early 2000s, was that there was nobody there really, but there was sort of like a it was set up like they had all the setup for arts, like um, like they had a, a a local weekly owned by the Village Voice which was the was was uh, Nashville scene. But because it was a music town, they had like sort of the infrastructure for the arts, but there just weren't that many people there doing art. So it was right. like, or especially anything besides country music. So when I started playing rock music there, I immediately, like I was able to walk t- into the Nashville scene in 2002 uh, when I moved there, 2001, and just be like, can I talk to the music editor? And right. my friend Jim, who has now passed away, he walked down the hall. 
and was like, hi, I'm the music editor, you know? Wow. And, and like, nice. it was like, that was, you know, if I, I, w- I just moved from New York where if I'd wanted to talk to Robert Criscow, who was the current music editor of the village voice, they would have f- fed me to sharks. You know what I mean? Right, it was, right, it was right. like a whole different. So Vanderbilt, I just had a couple, I had a couple fans that are like people who liked my writing on the Vanderbilt university press oh, right. staff. Yeah. So they reached out to me, which is even better. Oh, uh, because when I talked <laughs> to the therapist, hinge bio, Chris. I know when I talked to my therapist, I, I think my therapist, <laughs> she, I think she must have wanted to publish a book one time. Oh. Because because I said like, oh yeah, I got this book. This book Vanderbilt's putting what? In my book. You? Yeah, right. Yeah, right. You're self publishing it? No, I just said Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. Chris, what did we what? say about what did we say about your Vanderbilt? Body? What? Vanderbilt spelled how? <laughs> Vanderbilt where? Sorry, I'm just taking that down and. Wow. Also, the cover of the book is your face. Like, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Like, that is the yes. cover? Yes. And it's a drawing by this guy named Nicholas Gazen, who is a, a really great artist. And I found him on, my friend was a fan of his, and I found him on whatever. I saw his art online and just basically reached out to him. And uh, I mean, there's nine drawings. A lot of people who get a book published that's, you know, like a, a YA thing. That's like, I, I don't know, but like, what's you, a YA? Oh, young adult. young, young adult thing, or I don't know, like just not, it's just a, like, that's, it's a book by you about you. Like that's, yeah. that's yeah, the, the next what, level of book publishing. I, you know, and it's like, but the thing it was great. Thanks. I mean, I, I, I take that as, I mean, as a compliment just yeah. because I'm like, I, I, I don't really get it because what it happens. So sort of like I started writing this advice column when I moved to, to Los Angeles. The whole thing was just started very strangely, which I describe in the book. Just my friend Tracy, who worked for Jezebel, was just like, Andrew W.K. has a advice has an advice column, and Henry Rollins does, and you're kind of like that kind of person for Nashville. So, And you know Jim, who's the editor, and I bet right. they'd give you an advice column. Have you ever thought about doing that? You know, and I was, of course, like, no, what? what? You know, like, right. she's like, well, you write jokes and you write songs or whatever. So, And then I... It just was like I had nothing else going for me when I moved out here. I moved out here kind of like, you know, with typical ideas about, oh, I'm going to be the world's most famous stand up because it's merit based and everybody's good there <laughs> or whatever. You know, it's all these crazy ideas about L.A. that it turns out I took out of a movie. Right. And, uh, you know, and, and so this advice column became all I had. I was living in an apartment in Glendale, a four bedroom that the kitchen occasionally spit out like gallons of black water out of the sink. Nice. And I just hid in my room and wrote that advice column every week for, for two years. You know, and I was right. living with three comedians who were like half my age and they all played Dungeons and Dragons and shit. I mean, I was like, thank God for that column. You know, right, so I put right. my fucking everything into that column. Well, I'm glad uh, it worked out. Seven years later. Yeah. Right. You know, so it's just like, it's just, but, but you know, I knew that writing was good. I knew it. I, I knew it was fun. I knew because I would read back because I get in kind of a trance when I write them. Because I write them late at night and I'll read them back and sometimes I laugh at my own shit. And I know, I just know, and you know, I've, I've always had, my mother is actually a really good sounding board for shit. So she would have told me, I mean, in a good and a bad way, you know, she's always been good for her. That's no good or that's good. You know, right. like, are you really like going to wear that hat? Right. You know, that kind of shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, you that's know, I don't a, think. That's super valuable. That's you know, all awesome. the way back to my mom saying like, you might need a weave. Wow. She really well, said hey. that to me. And she also described bald people as people who need weaves. I mean, that's the funniest part. She's like, there's a lot of people running around out there who could use a weave. I'm like, weave. Mom, I don't think you know anything about weaves. <laughs> yeah, or hair restoration. <laughs> First of yeah. all, 
what are they going to weave to? Have you seen Into, the top yeah. of my head? Do you know what weaving is? <laughs> anyway, so that's one of the things my mom said. She also said, I think you losing your hair bothers you more than you know, which is like the most insidious mom thing. <laughs> that is that is some real shit right there. Wow. Sniper shot through the heart. You might want to look into being sadder, Chris. <laughs> well, you're not sad as much. You're not sad anymore with this book. So yeah. make sure people go out there and get it. It's called the Advice King Anthology, and it's available through Vanderbilt University Press's website right now as a pre-order. You get 40% off if you use the code 15PRE. Yeah. Okay. And it's like, sure, it's like 13 bucks with the discount. And yeah. um, and then it comes out in stores because it's going to be distributed in April. But yeah, the most fun thing is seeing the smoke come out of the ears. I'll tell you real one. I know this is long. I'm going to tell you real quick. I... I was working at the wine bar where I work on the weekends, right? Mm. And one of the customers was like, what have you been doing during the pandemic? You know, he's like, I haven't seen him forever. He's like, oh, man, so glad to see you. You know, but we've never really been, you know, we, we've seen each other a million times at the wine bar. He's a regular, right? Yeah. So he said, what have you been up to? And I just went crazy. And I was like, maybe I should just tell him what I've really been up to. You know, so I was like, I've been like, I've been writing an advice column for, <laughs> and he already was like, uh-huh. what <laughs> <laughs> so i was like i just already had to follow through i was like i've been writing an advice column for seven years and vanderbilt university is putting it out and and he was like what <laughs> <laughs> he didn't, he didn't like, want to like what? good answer like a you an aggressive a answer yeah all right I come here, just give me my wine i come man. here to feel better than you i do not want to hear about whatever craziness <laughs> you're talking about so yeah. he didn't know what to say so he just goes are you gonna sell it at the wine bar <laughs> you just go, yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I mean, so follow your dreams, people. One day when you go, you're 52, actually. you can tell a wine bar customer that you have a book coming out, and they can ask you if they're going to puzzled and angry if you're right. going to sell it at the. They're wine like, bar. oh, let me guess, the parking lot guy. He's a he's a delegate to the UN now. Uh, exactly, exactly. Have you ever worked food service miles yeah. ever? Yeah, yeah. You know how? Like, I once had a customer, a drunk, and this was at a really expensive restaurant. A drunk guy look at me through like half lidded eyes after he had like 19 glasses of wine that cost a million dollars. He just said, have you ever read Atlas Shrugged? Oh, my oh, God. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't get worse. Yeah. As if, <laughs> yeah, when I read that, I won't be a waiter anymore. Right. That was what his message was. You should right. probably read that because I read it and you obviously didn't. So I said, yes, I did, just because I knew it would make him mad. And he was, which, of course, I haven't. I'm not going to waste my time reading that shit. Well, speaking of that guy, <laughs> the person who told you to read Atlas Shrugged, the Koch brothers, the Koch delegation has this like meeting, the American Legislative Exchange Council, where they talk about all the cool ways conservatives can make the world a worse place. I'm just assuming that person is probably a member of this board. Yeah. Or at I, least subscribes to it. Yeah. And like, it's like one of these groups, like where like Coke aligned people definitely frequent this function because they were sending a letter like, hey, here's a good chance to start talking about this other thing that we're trying to get into the movement, which the is movement. this new climate change tack. A lot of the uh, people who, you know, they're, they're looking at climate change and believing that it's just so unfair. How like all this talk of like responsibly not destroying the earth. It's just so unfair to all the people with massive fossil fuel stock portfolios. Uh, and I mean, what's that mean for us? Not to the people and, you whose know, countries are being destroyed or, you know, who don't have. No, money. no, no. Oh, they okay. 
these people who are over leveraged on in their fossil fuel portfolio, they are being screwed by what they believe are woke banks that won't give them money anymore because they fear earth death or (laughs) some shit. So their plan is was basically they said when they're there, let's try and get this like two pieces of model legislation sort of through there so we can kind of explain to people what we're thinking as it as it relates to this sort of optics messaging campaign around climate change. And the whole thing is that they're trying to, and we bring up critical race theory because this is sort of how they described it in the New Republic. They're essentially wanting to reframe this whole conversation that it's discrimination against fossil fuel companies by woke banks is their whole thrust. They have one piece called the quote, resolution opposing securities and exchange commission and White House mandates on climate related financial matters. Basically urging states to like take up legal challenges against these kinds of rules that are coming from the federal financial regulators, like as it relates to climate change. They also have another one called the Energy Discrimination Elimination Act that these are, again, model legislation that hopefully they can get their lobbyists to put in the ears of state legislators or federal legislators to start putting some terrible laws through the legislature. But this one direct states to compile a list of entities that are supposedly boycotting fossil fuel companies, explicitly citing banks that are, quote, increasingly denying financing to creditworthy fossil energy companies solely for the purpose of decarbonizing their lending portfolios. And this is all mat- uh, sort of modeled around the anti-BDS laws that you see. Mm. Um, obviously, BDS movement, like as it related to supporting a free Palestine of boycott, divestment and sanctions. They're they're like the same way they did that. They're like, we're just going to start doing this for people who want to start acting all woke by not getting the dirty fuels. Right. That's Um, crazy. I mean, it makes sense that they would they have these people. They have people working full time on how to. I mean, not just people. They have thousands of people working full time on on developing these crazy strategies. And they're all basically trolls professionally. And so they're like, wow, what if we made it like it was racist to be mad at people who pollute? Right. Right. Which is hard, right? Because this is like, here's the thing, like the banks haven't been shy about getting in bed with the fossil fuel industry at all. And, you know, it's one of those things that that the COP26 summit, you're like, oh, no, man, like the banks are really having their shit together, like trying to do their part. So, again, like critical race theory. This is just a play to give conservatives a thing to scream, scream about without them realizing that they're fighting for fucking nothing. Right. Like just with critical race theory, it was like this fear of a thing that wasn't even being taught in schools, but that was the reality that they were pushing back against. Yeah. Now, I don't know if this is like a one to one comparison because, you know, with critical race theory, that made sense because conservatives like can't stomach acknowledging that America has a sordid past. So actively denying this or being hostile towards the realization or acceptance of historical facts about America, that that would help the conservatives like sort of maintain their sense of righteousness. I don't think climate change is as loaded as they think, because there's also there are groups where you're seeing parts of the country where people have been affected by climate change and conservatives being like, yeah, that that, the storms are getting worse, actually. Right. There is a thing that might need to happen. So. I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll never I'll never underestimate the power of wealthy conservatives to convince people it's racist to save the earth. Yeah. But it's we'll see. It is it's, just kind of an instructive to, you know, look at how conservative America is that it's like at the a very cellular level that doing like not enough 
for about climate change, doing not enough about teaching people the truth about America's history is like causes this outsized reaction because it's just like or like saying police shouldn't murder unarmed black people is like causes this massive fucking backlash and is treated as like this extremist position. I I do just want to add the detail that like so the idea that they are over leveraged on oil like they they were the first people to find out about climate change through their own research like they yeah. above everyone should have known this was coming like it doesn't even like make any sorts of logical sense that they would be like a victim in any of this they found out about climate change, suppressed the research, but they could have also been, you know, investing money in alternate fuels. And instead they invested it in continuing to fuck the world. Yeah. Just doubling down a continuing doubling down until you double down to the core of the earth and there's yeah. nothing left. Right. And, and it's kind of amazing that, I mean, the history of just fossil fuels, like being basically you know, like getting rid of like in Los Angeles when they used to have streetcars and they the the car companies made them get rid of it. Like they mm -hmm. basically lobbied against public yeah. transportation so everyone would need a car in Los Angeles. Yeah. So there's like pictures from 1920, whatever, of just like heaps of the old streetcars from L.A. that used to like go around. And it they're the... all just like decommissioned because of car companies. I mean, it's like we're just going to have the worst like this, this century or, the you know, the the industrial from industrial revolution to TikTok is just going to be looked at as such a fucking ridiculously sped up way to destroy everything. And and then it's going to get pieced together. But it's sad to sort of be in this where it's like you can really watch like the breaking of it. Just all. cars being invented <laughs> two minutes ago. Right. Like, really. Right. And everyone just getting so fucking excited because we're just like basically monkeys we're fancy monkeys and we get to go in a thing that goes fast that has a radio in it right <laughs> cut to we can't have cars anymore you don't take a car from a monkey right yeah <laughs> it's as simple as that right you don't anymore. take money from a monkey you don't take a guy who makes money off oil you don't take away his oil banana and <clears throat> and then there's there's we're all gonna be you know we're all gonna be living on hills and, you know, the, the worst thing is, like, when people are living on hills, when the when the water's up to our necks, you know, those people who are people are who, who did it are still going to have some stupid comeback. That they yeah, developed it they're going to say, yeah, well, if it wasn't for, you know, they're going to have some team of people working on a way that they can say this was somebody else's fault. And and anyway, it's so sad to see, though, that the car companies and the oil people have, like, you know, knowingly pushed for this stuff. But then you just look at humanity and you say, well. You know, God is a jerk, <laughs> you know, for putting this together. Yeah. You know, I wish I didn't have to shit four times a day. Right. <laughs> I don't really Too many people are blaming Susan Sarandon. Start blaming I, God. I don't really shit four times a day. But you know what I mean? Okay. I remember that Jack Kerouac that said in some, Jack Kerouac said in some book, I think it was Big Sur, one of my favorite quotes that he said, Americans, he thinks are in a bad mood because they don't have bidets. He mm. said, America's walking around with dirty asses. Yeah. Yeah. And that contributes to their general feistiness. I believe it. Bad temperament. Yeah. A clean asshole is a clean Seriously, conscious. just like simple things like that. Like whenever I eat a hamburger, 
My life is ruined. Most people eat hamburgers all day, every day and energy drinks. And then they're like, fuck, this world is fucked up. But it's really their ass that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, father-in-law was telling my kids this thing, fresh mouth, fresh mind, which is like a Korean saying where like why you should like brush your teeth before you do <laughs> anything. And I, I wish I had had this conversation before that because so I could have been like actually a fresh asshole. Fresh, fresh mind. Yeah. I just couldn't believe like Kerouac got into that. It was just like some <laughs> little part in the book. I was just he was just like he just sort of sort of like mused for a second. <laughs> yeah. Maybe thing, the problems with America is that everybody in America has a dirty ass. Right. And I was yeah. like, wow. Yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break on that note. And uh, we will be right back. And we're back. And, you know, as part of what what we've been talking about since the show started, but, you know, just in the previous act of, you know, all of us being in a state of, like, kind of forced cognitive dissonance where we're like, but that's not the truth. But we live in a world that doesn't acknowledge the truth and, like, exists on the foundation of a lie. So one of the kind of embarrassing for from the outside, probably, uh, to anybody who's like kind of viewing this objectively in the future. One of the embarrassing trends that will show up in history books from this period is regression, like how much we need to regress to our childhood to get through day-to-day -day life. And there's a new kind of high watermark in that with this, with this Fisher-Price working baby phone. Yeah, I think... Every person knows what we're talking about. Just picture the iconic 1961 Fisher-Price chatter phone. It's right. a phone with the rotary wheel and then literal like car wheels on the side. It has like a smiling face on it and it's all very colorful. They've made a Bluetooth enabled accessory out of this. And the promotional photos are just so funny to me and haunting because a lot of the pictures are full-blown adults in their 30s and 40s like using this toy phone and they're like, ha ha, I'm, I'm talking to mom on toy phone. Yeah. And I get, look, nostalgia is huge, but there's just something about this that just really, I don't know, like it to, to see people seem like they're being saved by <laughs> using this instead of their phone, I think speaks volumes. But at the same time, part, I would be lying if I said that shit's kind of funny to me. That would be stupid to have. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, you know, sort of what the what the mission is right now with Fisher Price. They found a, a, a new niche for themselves to be like, come on, babies. Yeah. Bring it back to one. Bring it back. Oh, to Fisher yeah. Price. Like they're selling like like reselling the products to the adults now that they used as kids as repurposed as like. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. Could, this is the future. Know. They're going to sell an actual car that you can drive on the highway, but it's shaped like that Fisher Price car. Like oh, the that little types car, the orange yellow one. one with the yellow roof. <laughs> And, you know, people will drive it, even though it, it, you will die immediately. And if you regular get people driving 1996 Camrys have to put up with that shit. Right. Right. Like, uh, like hello, I'm driving a ironic car. How are you? Yeah. Right. Or like mini, mini little tykes kitchens. They're yeah. like, I prefer to actually cook in here. It's a lot simpler. Yeah. Those little houses. We have an houses. open floor plan and we have a Fisher Price kitchen. We have a, our oh. kitchen is done 
we had it done by a, a you know right. a developer or whatever kitchen people are called <laughs> and uh we had it yeah it's, it's the whole thing is like your kids it's like that's an easy bake oven but it's really like you know very expensive oven oh yeah I mean, they're like really that's like a viking a, that's a viking range it's actually. a viking but it's like we got the stuff on the outside right that looks it's like all repurposed. Price, which means yeah. like we're fun people yeah. Also, I noticed. And do you guys have a, a regular toilet in there? I just saw the, the like, sort of <laughs> Big, little one. My first no, body. No, that's yeah. it. And what? Okay, so when I'm done with it, do you empty? Oh yeah, yeah, you empty it. <laughs> we have pe- out, we out have back. people. We have people who empty. It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For your chamber. And we make pod. them dress up like little Fisher Price work people. Yeah, it's really <laughs> yellow helmets really and stuff. <laughs> Where the fuck am I? <laughs> But it seems like, yeah, this trend is going to continue. But there's something, this just felt like really, truly, I don't know, like we're, I, I feel like this is like, we're we're only going to see things ramp up from here. Yeah. Because it does seem like a huge thing. Like people love, especially with the pandemic too, and like trying to just resort to whatever quite literally makes you the most comfortable and people being like, yeah, I'm just going to wear like sick ass pajamas or like this like influx I've seen of like just like leisure robes for people to wear. Everything's just about comfort at this point. So if if you need to be a baby on your phone. Yeah. I, I you guess know, it's hard enough, huh? I do have a lawnmower that has a colorful ball, a uh, popcorn popper on the top <laughs> that I do my chores with. But, <laughs> but that's, that's actually, <laughs> that's just cool. Like, okay, it, like that has nothing to do with me regressing. In defense of these people, the c- capitalistic model of endless growth means these people are like, listen, Fisher Price is done. We've done it all. There's right. nothing else we can do. But they right. still have to have meetings and stuff. So someone's right. like, growth. Wow, I guess we could. <laughs> guess we what could about those? A- what about those customers from 40 years ago that were buying stuff? I don't know. Sell it to them now. <laughs> yeah, like, it. Make like, it relevant to them now. They're not babies anymore. The lawnmower yeah, has got gotten as good as it can get. <laughs> but not if it shoots up little plastic pebbles when you it, roll it around. Yeah. It looks so when much it more dynamic. When it comes right down to it, it cuts the lawn. Right. right. But you guys don't want to hear that. Right. <laughs> because well, you've gone crazy. <laughs> A cross brand with Fisher Price? We're That's John happening. Deere. Yeah. Well, oh my God. Yeah. Watch. And then suddenly, like, more people are using those than, like, traditional, you know, John Deere riding mowers. Like, I don't know. There's just something about it, man. A lot simpler. Yeah. Uh, can you hear yeah, my mom I wonder if steampunks the cut their fucking lawn with those like you know those old push mowers that like are just a rotating blade oh yeah I'm always like wondering how cylinder. committed like rockabilly people are I have seen people cutting their lawn with the uh, Simpsons lawnmower like that from you know the one that's just like you push and it has bl- it's like wheels with like yeah. blades connecting yeah them. that's what I'm talking about yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've started I've seen I've seen more and more of that and mm-hmm. they never look like they're having a great time with that thing it always well, you were talking about time traveling were you talking about that on the show or were you talking about that before the show I can't on the show no that yeah, was yeah. on the show oh Wednesdays uh, are like time, time traveling day what does that mean Pretend to be it. I think it's just a nod to like all the science fiction shows and films that have time travel in it. So it's like a day for people like that. It's okay. So that'd be like use that lawnmower. Yeah. yeah like use like or those blade lawnmowers. It. Yeah. However you want to interpret it, man. If you want to get out there and buy a shitty push lawnmower, a manual lawnmower, then fucking do it. Yeah. Yeah. And put on a and wear like a roll up some cigarettes in your sleeve and exactly and get a pompadour put, yeah. going and pretend it's 19. 19- imaginary year yeah put on that little skull cap with a propeller on top Mm -hmm. (laughs) i like when they mix up the the times you know like yeah they were like you know they look like a prospector slash 
Danny Zuko slash. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're wearing <laughs> right. a prospector. You're mixing up your genres. Those Whoa. pants are from the 1890s. Exactly. Yeah. That hairstyle's from 1956. We actually call these pants denims. That's what the <laughs> French people called them then. Oh, yeah. man. That's taking me straight to people finding denim in old mines. Mm. Sure. Taylor's oldest time. That's the dream. You know, they're, they're looking at that. They like to find the cigarettes, like the Prince Albert. And they'll sometimes find a minor cigarette from like 1940 that's half right. smoked. Do they smoke and it? They're, no, they just pick it up okay. and go, imagine who smoked this, Loser, which is like my shit, you know. Become smoke them. it, you coward. Most smoke of a band coward. of mine exploration is just imagining. I mean, that's what it's all about. It's like, imagine who used this pick. Oh my God, it's a pick from God. The last person who used this had a crazy mustache. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, it's not all Wednesdays or pretend to be a time traveler day. This is December 8th. 2021 pretend to be a time traveler before you start to eat your habits chris Um, oh okay yeah Yeah. we acknowledge all the uh, international days now at the top of our show there's a just another one of these trends that i don't know if this one will even make the i mean i guess celebrity obsession will make the history books of like just embarrassing shit from late stage capitalism when everybody had to distract themselves from what was happening there's a new justin bieber branded tim hortons donut Mm. collabo and people (laughs) canada are really into it there's promotional material with bieber at tim hortons hq this is this is a new trend that i've noticed in a couple places Uh, he is on a conference room table sitting in the middle of the table like he doesn't know how to how to do it like he doesn't know how tables and chairs work because he's a rebel, dude. <laughs> that was like, did, that reminded me of the uh, Machine Gun Kelly thing where they were like, yeah. anybody who thinks it's not lit to work at Spotify, uh, check yeah. this out. And he's like right. doing air guitar down the middle of uh, or the that, conference room table. <laughs> Do you remember in the office, the British office, when David does like like motivational corporate speaking? Yeah. And he's like, all right, let's take a photo really quick. And he hops on the table and does like a <laughs> Burt Reynolds pose. And they're like, just standing is fine. And he's like, British fine. office fucking rules. Yeah. <laughs> Ex- extras rules, too. Yeah. Yeah. Always some good ones. And yeah. So people are they're, they're also doing the Duncan thing with the merch and it's selling out and then being resold for lots of money. Oh, boy. And, you know, McDonald's is launching Mariah Carey's Christmas menu which they have imaginally dubbed the uh, Mariah menu. Oh, but love some alliteration. Yeah. What the hell's on that? Is this just like her favorites? And it's like stuff that's been there, like that's everyone's favorites. Like the oh Big Mac. God. Have you heard about this one? No way. The Big Mac. The Big Who? <laughs> the Big What now? <laughs> I'm sorry. The Huh? Hey, are they calling it the, like the Big Mariah or something for the holidays? It's Not so yet. they've uh, designed it like it's a uh, advent calendar with a different McDonald's item every day. I can't even tell what some of them are, but you know, you got the soft baked chocolate chip cookie, the apple pie. There's nothing novel about it. It's just like okay, you put your menu in calendar form and then co-opted Mariah Carey's name. Which for me personally, I refuse to believe Mariah Carey would ever eat McDonald's. No that fucking way. Fuck if I, I don't, mean, I don't eat McDonald's. If yeah. I don't eat McDonald's, fucking Mariah <laughs> Carey's never even been near a McDonald's. Yeah, I, that's that's just my that's just how I feel. I don't see how these two worlds combine, but I guess for marketing purposes, that's yeah. Uh, that's yeah. Hilarious. What's what's another one? Like, what would be another non-believable 
cross branding. You know what I mean? Like, like anyone who's been on Friends, I feel like none of them eat fucking McDonald's or yeah, something. Yeah, Jennifer like, Aniston is like of, Papa John's <laughs> menu. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly like, right. Yeah, yeah. Out of here. You probably like killed a delivery person and hid the body like one day. Like that's that's your closest interaction with Papa John's. The Rachel is now a, uh, <laughs> a pizza. Whenever I'm eating four dollars <laughs> garlic knots. Hi, I'm Jennifer Aniston, and when I go to Wiener Schnitzel, you know I'm getting a chili cheese dog. Exactly. What the fuck? No, you're not. Refuses but... to eat it on camera, of course. <laughs> I, <laughs> or even be even be in the same room as it, yeah. right? Or she's like they're doing a thing where like she's bringing it towards her mouth, and then they do a insert where it's a close up of like clearly a dude's mouth who was like had to just be a <laughs> stand, like yeah, she wasn't like hairy knuckles, <laughs> right, right, right. But like putting like a nice manicure on the hand, we're like y'all, come on now, we all know. That's why I'm curious to see if this resonates because I think with Bieber, like you appeal to younger kids, younger kids. Sure, they're they're still eating junk food, have less money, but like all their clothes get, are like, made by Dunkin' Donuts, exactly, yeah. or you know, thrifted or fast fashion. But I just don't, Mariah. Look, uh, I get sure. it, it's Mariah secure. Carey for Dollar General. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, but that's where I feel like it's headed. Whenever I'm at Dollar General, right? Like, what is Dollar General? <laughs> I feel like it's a lame observation to be like. Celebrities are our modern day like Greek gods, but they're like that's something I've always just like kind of thought was true. And there's this article, this New Yorker article about somebody who like basically documents dreams and has been documenting dreams like during the pandemic to see what they're if they're like shared things and all the stuff you would expect is pretty much there. Like like what you would expect a pandemic dream to be like. But they said that like it's known among dream like people who pay attention to and analyze dreams that like celebrities are officially like filling the purpose that gods did in ancient Greece, like the because they were keeping track of their dreams back then. And it's just like all the same dreams, but just swapping celebrities instead of like Zeus. Oh, no. So, yeah, that's uh, you know, that Maria Bamford bit about Jennifer Aniston being the like the monkey that knows where the most bananas are like when people follow celebrities because they 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 have access to the most bananas basically mm, you right. know like that's the same thing where it's like right and back to like i somehow ended up like you know i'm on youtube looking for shit and i'll like run into something like you know what what nietzsche right. said you know like some four minute video where it's like do you want to know what nietzsche is so you can say it at a dinner party which yeah. i've never been to a dinner party but um, okay, we're all aspiring. <laughs> whole different lifestyle. Nietzsche? Party oh, download. I love that guy's YouTube videos. He's the best. <laughs> that's Ooh, so that's so Nietzsche. sad that that's so sad that he passed away. He was one of my favorite EDM DJs. <laughs> Who Nietzsche? Or, yeah, no, Nietzsche. Wait, that's <laughs> spelled like N E C H E E. Well, actually, that's too many E's. They would have less vowels. The uh, Nietzsche, anyway, just Nietzsche. The whole God is dead thing. Like how you know that period when he was talking about it was it seems like a long time ago but you know it's not a long time ago it was like 200 years ago which you know big picture is no time so just the idea that without his point being god is dead and then the culture is going to go bananas because you know he's like he was talking about the secularization that was going on then right and and that was like nothing compared to now you know right. so it's like people really need 
to have something to do or to believe in. I mean, otherwise you just mill around. And that's what we're in right now in America is just this point where people are like, don't believe in the government. They don't really believe in fucking anything right now. And it's a dangerous period. And that's where these fascists come in and say, I'll tell you what to believe in. We just need someone to yell at everybody to get people in line. You know, I'll be your new God. I, and that's what Trump yeah. filled. I, think. I feel like that, like that was the thing that, that revelation that like psychologically that's where celebrities are. They are like the modern day gods. Like that made me what less like surprised, but like more certain that that is like celebrities role at the center of our culture is probably headed for a fall. And like, it starts, it starts making sense of the, like why the president at like from 2016 to 2020 was like live tweeting the Oscars and just like shitting on everybody because, you know, like he's positioning himself as the anti like, you know, Hollywood celebrity. I don't know if it's on purpose or because they don't like him, but it works the same. You know, yeah, mm. yeah. Th- he sees them as his comp- his only competition. Right, right. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. That's a that's a it's a bummer. <laughs> I, I just remember this. <laughs> the one the, I remember one of my first like interactions with Nietzsche was in my like Lutheran elementary school, like on a field trip. One of the teachers wore a shirt that had a quote. It said on the front, it said "God is dead," and then it says it's subscribed to Nietzsche, and then on the yeah, back baby. it says Nietzsche is dead. God. And Boom. I was like, okay. Holy shit. And I remember asking my dad, I was like, what is that? He said, who had that shit? <laughs> <laughs> like, it was Mr. Seth. That he's sounds like, well, like critical race theory to me. He's like, that dude. He's like, have you seen how much he sweats playing that acoustic guitar? He's not getting it in. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say? Did you just say he's not getting it in? No, no. Definitely. You not. didn't Mr. say that? Sex. Very crude description. Chris. Is that what you right. said, though? Yes. yes, it is. Okay, because I don't know if that's 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 so. Is that yeah. the new slang for <laughs> the like, new thing the kids get, are saying? Not, is that what it in. means? Not getting laid. Not not getting laid. Yeah, or just you know, getting. You know what I'm saying? Or like, getting you know, whatever. Yeah, but getting it in has a different def, different connotation. I got it. So okay, so because I was over at my friend's Thanksgiving and uh, they're they have kids and they were talking about now kids say that if you're no one ever admits they're dating anybody, they just say they're talking to them. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. Like, they just say, we've been talking for three months, and that means fucking. Yeah. Like, it's... that's what kids say. And 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 it was girls talking to me, like young, you know, teenage girls just complaining, like, my friend's daughters. And they were like, yeah, like, these guys are just using it as a, they won't, they just say talking. They want to say talking because it gives them an out, basically. You know what right. I mean? It's just like, I wasn't, you we know. We were just talking. Right. Yeah. Like, well, yeah, we're not. They were. It's like they're like, it's basically an idea men came up with. So they just couldn't wouldn't have to commit to having a girlfriend. Yeah. So you even in high school now, people are trying to be players. Right. I mean, it's, I remember when I was growing up. Yep. <laughs> if you got laid in high school, steady. you thanked Jesus. And, I and you asked her. that woman <laughs> to marry you. And she went to college and forgot about you like a normal <laughs> I feel like every generation has their own like euphemism that. But like, talking is like really that's like very yeah. impersonal when you're. Well, yeah, because I feel like that even because I feel like when I was in college, sort of really began like the earnest push to like completely obscure what kind of relationship you were in. <laughs> yeah. You'd be like, nah, nah, nah. We just nah, we just kind of seeing each other. You're like that's right. your fucking girlfriend, right? Bull. Right. And you're like, nah, nah, nah. We just seeing each other. She's and, pregnant, and right. we are uh, codependent <laughs> in a very unhealthy way. It's like. 
okay, cool. But I yeah. think that was just me to convince myself I wasn't about to be my parents. Yeah. I was amazed. Like, yeah, like, do you, Marcy, take what's his name to talk to for all <laughs> eternity? I mean, you know, right. like, I don't know. I just was, I was surprised by that. I didn't know. I mean, of course it makes sense. I mean, I suppose our model didn't work either, which was fall in love with your high school girlfriend and say you're going to get married and stay together forever. Yeah, until when he has a nervous madness, breakdown. Which is also a complete madness. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then you call her at college. Yeah. <laughs> and some guy answers the phone. Yeah, that's what, <laughs> what the greatest song of all time. Exactly. And she says, it's just your friend. Yeah, and then, but you or say. her friend, and then you call, but then you call a bunch of times, and yeah. he keeps answering the phone, and then you start to sweat. Right. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. you is me. <laughs> well, I, I prefer just making whoopee. That's that's the the term that I prefer. To use. Oh, you. <laughs> Yo, another another field trip thing. Uh, we got in trouble for him. my boy Nick. He wore a hat from Macon, Georgia, that was spelled like M A C O N, like Macon, Georgia, and it said Macon Whoopee. Wow. And I remember, yo, the the fucking Lutherans tripped the fuck out. At the Mark Taper Theater when we went to go see Huckleberry Finn or some shit. Anyway, I had a. Uh, you were that. raised Lutheran, Miles? No, no, no. It was just like the cheapest school that my parents could afford oh, okay. uh, in North oh, Hollywood it d- at the doesn't time. Doesn't matter. Just that sounds like hardcore Lutheran. I think. Or oh no, no. It was like I definitely I learned the ways of the church, but like in a very like outside way. I'm like, okay, I'm not too invested in this, but uh, interesting, interesting to see. Miles still wears a hair yeah. shirt underneath his out- outer t-shirt for our recordings. <laughs> just uh, he doesn't feel comfortable or creative or like he's I feel right, like people barely right ever mention hair if, shirts on podcasts yeah. anymore. It's it's about time we change that. Hair shirt. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Chris, such a pleasure having you man as always. Where can people find you and follow you? Thank you. I had so much fun. I love being on the show and um, you can find me on at the Crofton show on Twitter and on Instagram. You can listen to my podcast cold brew got me like with my brother, Greg, me and him do it on Twitch, but really you it's mostly consumed by people uh, on, you know, Spotify. We put up like an audio podcast. So cold brew got me like on all the platforms that podcasts are on. And then mainly um, please go pre-order my book um, the advice King anthology, which I am proud to promote because i just dig it i think it's a great book and it's a lot of laughs and some serious shit too and you can get it right now uh for 40 percent off at the vanderbilt university press website which i've heard is kind of an antique website so how good luck but the discount code is 15 pre 15 pre for 40 percent off and um yeah it's always great to be on the show yeah so i can't go go support chris with some yeah, yeah. Book purchase. I've already got gotten so many pre orders from Zeitgang. Man, yes. Zeitgang is like even more. Holy Let's shit. Go. Let's help Chris we out, had, baby. We had over 50 orders on the first day, which is. You're going number one. Let's take this shit number one, folks. I want to fucking be on Bill Maher just to tell him he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I seriously do. I want to yeah. be on Terry Gross. I want to be on Terry Gross and tell her she's part of the problem. There you, go. you know what I mean? I, of course I won't. I'll be like, I'm so Edgelord happy to be and here. author Chris Crofton. Of course, once you get in there, you're like getting nervous and you're like, I love you, Terry Gross. I think you're the greatest thing that ever happened <laughs> yeah, to yeah. the audio Terry medium. Terry Gross, I'd like to just thank you for, I don't know. I don't even know who you are, but I love you. Truly a breath of fresh air. I am in love with everybody here. <laughs> My phone just updated me that from Wired, that Fisher Price phone you had as a kid, now you can call your friends on it. So, oh you know, my God. Thanks, yeah. I want to know. Chris, is there a tweet you've been enjoying? 
First of all, anything Blair Saki tweets. I love Blair Saki's tweets. They're always fucking good. She did that one where she said at Thanksgiving, if your uncle asks you why you aren't married, um, ask her why he was in jail for wire fraud or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So the tweet I like is uh, by someone named Miss Monday M, also known as Monday Morning. And she said, rest in peace, Velociraptors. You would have loved Nitro Cold Brew. <laughs> True, truer words never spoken. And she only has 354 followers. Damn, go follow oh, Miss so Monday. Someone go morning. help out Miss yeah. Monday M. She's dropping the audacity science, to have such say. imagination with such a low follower count. Yeah, yeah. It's impossible. Yeah, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. <laughs> <laughs> this is an undervalued property. Go yeah. get in. Your book is, you have a book coming out? <laughs> self-published or <laughs> how you spell that vanderbilt <laughs> yeah vanderbilt mm-hmm. oh America? and you set up a little uh web page to try and convince people that it's real nice no that's great yeah that's cool that's <laughs> nice so you where are you gonna get that goes to like what what where's the money go to you're like you know like to get like a back. charity or something <laughs> yeah i don't know miles where can people find you what's a tweet you've been enjoying Twitter, Instagram, Miles of Gray, at Miles of Gray. Also, the other show, 420 Day Fiance, where Sophia Alexander and I talk 90 Day. It's going to be wonderful. And also, tomorrow, Thursday, December 9th, I will be doing a live show for Will You Accept This Rose with uh, Arden Marine and people like Gareth Reynolds, Paget Brewster, Carl Tart, Ina Hosnier, fucking who everybody's going to be. Ina Hosnier production. Yes, 100%. Come through for that. Check that out. It's going to be fantastic. You can get tickets on Moment House or just check out anybody's profile. We'll be retweeting promo stuff for that. Some tweets that I like. First one is just about that like weird cube that they found on the moon. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but we'll, we'll maybe we'll talk about it on trends. We'll talk about it on yesterday's trends because we we'll are time travelers. Yes. Time traveling. So this is this is from at Heberald, H-E-A-B-E-R-A-L-D. Summer tweeted, I hope the cube on the moon is something really scary that changes the trajectory of all of our lives. I, yeah, I, that, that we could use something like We're that, like an Ozymandias type uh, shakeup uh, yeah. in our world. The next one is from at the hype with four Y's. This one said, you want me to drink water? The thing that killed Jack in Titanic? <laughs> and along with that construction, yeah. at Jay Zucks tweeted, you want me to go to a dinner party? The thing that killed Jesus? <laughs> That's funny stuff. <laughs> That was mine, too, because I'm going to actually use that to get out of dinner parties. <laughs> you know, this killed Jesus, right? When you're there, like, I'm, I'm not participating. I can't wait till this book takes off so I can get invited to dinner parties. <laughs> Hell yeah. Pass the stew, Mary. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, you've already got it. Already got it down, man. That was perfect. What kind of fucking dinner party is this? You're not even being served. You're eating fucking stew. Pass the stew front. <laughs> From a I've been an alcoholic my whole life. I never went. Well, I was an alcoholic for so long. I missed every dinner party. I mean, you know, it's like dinner party. I'm a poet. See you right. guys later. <laughs> At Skanks17 tweeted, I dumped my girlfriend in eighth grade. And by the end of the day, she was dating someone else. Yesterday, she married him. A little much to get my attention, don't you think? Move on, babe. <laughs> 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 That's funny. Yeah. yeah. 
You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes, where we link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song that we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do you think people might enjoy? This is a track by the rapper Sideshow, who I just started you know, listening to. And I caught my attention because he was spitting this next track that's called If I Need, I Take over the Gangstar instrumental for Skills. Uh, if you remember that track, really, I, I love that instrumental. Shout out to DJ Premier. But yeah, this is Sideshow with If I Need, I Take. And it's just nice to kind of see. I, I don't mind when like new rappers kind of use just these like legendary instrumentals yeah. to kind of give us some new something. So you did it well, Sideshow. I like it. So, yeah, check this one out. All right. Well, go check that out. The Daily Zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning. But we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending. We will talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. Thank you.